Welcome, everyone, to Livestream Stars. I'm Ross Brand. Hope you're having a great Monday. Every Monday at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, we showcase talented broadcasters uh, producing high-quality content across Livestream platforms. And Livestream Stars is presented by LivestreamUniverse.com. Our guest today is Roberto Blake. And not really sure exactly how to introduce Roberto because he does so many different things and does them really well from the artistic side um, to having the business mindset, uh, to understanding many different kinds of social platforms. So I thought, Roberto, I would let you introduce yourself and kind of tell us what you're working on um, and what you're looking forward to in, in, in 2016. All right. So, hey, everybody, this is Roberto Blake of RobertoBlake.com, obviously. Um, and I'm trying to help you guys create awesome. So the reason that I do all the things that uh, Ross mentioned and more is the simple fact that I want to help people create awesome things and share them with the world. I've got background in design and marketing. So I came from a creative culture and a time period with over a decade of experience in that career where I feel like the creative culture kind of sucked a little bit. It's like, you know, um, if you went and you work for a marketing company or a design firm, a lot of times you're getting emotionally beat up. You have anxiety, you have depression and stress. And I wanted to impact that in a positive way. But I also wanted to give people resources that I wish I had had when I started my career to either get started in something, learn something new, or have one resource or tool that could absolutely help me get a job that I had to get done you know, that day or in an hour or whatever. Someone to explain things to me in a very straightforward way that's really actionable, is not a lot of jargon, and that I wouldn't necessarily have had to have a lot of you know, knowledge or background in initially in order to grasp what they were talking about and what they were saying. So I create a lot of content around that. And I also create content that educates my clients and helps them with achieving their goals, whether it means hiring me to do something or not, because I feel that if I create upfront value, I build relationships that ultimately those things are going to convert for me. And they have, they helped me successfully as a creative entrepreneur. They've helped me build tremendous relationships. And as a result of that and the content that I put out, I've gotten more opportunities. And that's why I can do so much is because uh, they were things that I felt I not only wanted to say yes to, but I had to say yes to because it gave me an opportunity to create value for somebody else and put that in my karma bank. So as a result of the content that I've created with my YouTube channel, which you need to subscribe to, uh, <laughs> just to be able to help people, uh, people like myself, people who might be getting started in their career, people who might have been who I was over a decade ago. Uh, I did that very altruistically, but the result ended up being that uh, this led to the expansion of my brand and awareness. It led to getting more clients. And then I started focusing on using it as a platform to help market my business. This led to writing uh, sponsored like content for uh, publications and for brands. So I ended up doing paid content writing and working with some great publications. I've, I've been working with How Design, Print Magazine, and Creative Pro for over a year now doing paid writing work. Um, I've made um, a great part of my pipeline from that, maybe as much as I'm probably averaging almost 15000 a year in writing um, as far as the monetization side of that. Right. I've been able to get sponsorship deals for my YouTube channel uh, to be able to promote brands that I care about, whether that's product sponsorships, non-paid with great companies like Logitech, Western Digital, Seagate, Lexar, um, Joby. They've all been product sponsors of the channel. And then I've been able to do paid sponsorship through FameBit as a platform and 
you know, that's resulted in adding significant revenue to my business. I've been able to leverage affiliate marketing and everything that I've learned along the way is something that I felt compelled to share with other people to help make them successful. So I started talking about how I marketed my business, how I monetized it, how I grew it, how I grew my audience, how I engaged with people, how I built those relationships. And this led to other things. It led to the writing. It led to speaking engagements, which I've been doing now. I'm going to be speaking at How Design Live in Atlanta next year, the largest design conference um, you know, in the country, uh, which is tremendous. I've had the opportunity to network with a lot of great people. Uh, I've gotten to travel to conferences, meet some of the most amazing people that, you know, are out there. Great people like Tyo Roxon or Jared Kleinard, who we built a relationship. And recently he uh, decided to share part of my success story this year in an article on Forbes, which is like tremendous. I did not anticipate that happening this soon in my career. Yeah, congratulations so, you know, on that. That's, that's a great well, accomplishment. Well, thank you, Ross. So, I mean, I know that that was pretty long winded, but it's like, there's just so much in the journey. And that's why instead of doing this long winded spill, I've just done 600 plus videos of here you go. Take <laughs> right, what you need right, from right, it. Right. <laughs> so you really have built a personal brand in the last, uh, how many years have you been on YouTube or how many years have you been doing, uh, doing content? I've been doing content for a long time before I ever went to YouTube. I started with a blog and I think maybe that was back in 2009, 2007. Um, and, you know, that that did very well for me. And I got a lot of uh, traction there. I went to YouTube consistently in July of 2013. So it's been less than three years. It's been two years and maybe like four months or so since I've been consistent on YouTube. And what I mean by consistent is posting weekly content. If you're dabbling in YouTube, I don't count it because I dabbled and went on and off for years at a time just because I had an account. And you, so, you actually have a schedule, right? Like if you tune in, you know what day, give us, a, give us an overview of how you structure, because I think this is important for people who want to build their personal brand to have some sort of consistency so that audiences can understand and know what to expect, whether you're on once a week or you're on five days a week or whatever. So kind of give us a layout of how you, you structure, because it's really, really well done. Thank you. I absolutely will. And I will preface this with one warning, though. Do not do what I'm doing because it's unreasonable and it's not sustainable <laughs> for 90 percent of people. And it is insanity. And now that I've prefaced that, here's what I'm doing. Unless you want to get featured in sport and Forbes, be a keynote speaker. Well, and <laughs> well yes. You, but again, it's a matter of I didn't start out this way. Right. I started with one video a week. I started with Photoshop Thursdays, which now are just tutorial Thursdays because now I cover more than Photoshop. I cover all the Adobe stuff. So what I did was Mondays, you get graphic design videos for me because that's uh, my background for over a decade. It's a service I still provide to clients. And so you get graphic design videos that are either about graphic design concepts or principles or career advice, et cetera, what it's really like, tools you need, so on and so forth. That's on Mondays. If you're a graphic designer, you want to tune in for that. Tuesdays is Tech Tuesday. So Tuesdays, we've got unboxing videos. And that's where a lot of sponsorship stuff might come in, where people might send things or, uh, you know, there might be reviews of things that I'm just using. And mostly I buy. The thing is, I mostly buy the content 
uh, sorry, not the content. I buy the products that I'm doing the content on for Tech Tuesday. So I'm unboxing stuff that I buy and I use in my business. So it's stuff that's right. here on the desk. It's stuff that I use all the time. And I don't keep it a secret. I tell everyone, look, this is what I'm using to get my results. So here's how I use it. Here's who it's for. Here's what the upgrade of that will be in the future. Here's the budget version. Take what you need from that and buy for yourself and so on and so forth. So I do that on Tuesdays. Wednesdays is camera gear and photography advice and DSLR video making. So I've obviously been successful with video marketing. I talk about the camera gear that I'm using, what I'm upgrading to, how I use it, what settings I'm using, entry level stuff as well, more advanced techniques, what I'm doing with my photo shoots, the way I use photography to market myself. These are all things I do. And I had a background where I actually was working uh, at one point uh, working my way through college, I was working as a photographer for Sears in the portrait studio. So I have a background in this, both from that side, then working as a freelance uh, photographer, but then also covering events and also doing it for myself. So, you know, I can speak to those things. And I use cameras for everything that I do. Um, Thursdays, tutorials. So you have the hardware stuff. You also know about cameras, you know a little about design. What if you need to know how to use a specific application? What if you need to know how to do video editing so you can build out your YouTube channel? What if you need to know about Adobe Audition to set up your podcast? What if you want to use Photoshop to do the kind of artwork or advertising that I'm doing? I do tutorials and I cover those uh, different um, pieces of software, everything from intros to advanced techniques to how to do something very specific to even stuff where I show you what here's how to do this one thing in five minutes. So it could be five minutes, it could be 20 minutes, it could be an hour, it's just what you need. And occasionally I show a project that I'm doing personally because, you know, for obvious reasons, you can't always show client work. So, right, right. you know, I do that. Fridays, this is the sweet spot. This is how to grow a YouTube channel. This right. is one of, aside from the design, and I would say the tech stuff, this, this is, is where you give away your secret sauce, so to speak, right? You get you, you yes. kind of give I, insights on how how you how you've learned how to build that following and produce that content, right? Exactly. Well, that and Saturdays because I'll get to Saturdays in mm -hmm. a minute. But all week I'm giving away secrets of, of some kind. A lot of people are actually very tight fisted about what software and hardware they use to get things, believe it or not, done. A lot of people are very tight fisted about that, and even if they tell you what software and hardware. They won't tell you their specific way of doing something or their techniques. I'm showing that on Thursday. So I'm giving away the farm all week. But as far as the thing that a lot of people care about is YouTube, everyone wants to be a big YouTuber now. And that's not what I got into this for. And I would argue that almost every successful YouTuber never aspired to be a big YouTuber. They had a bigger goal than that. And YouTube was a way of getting there. And that's what's been for me, by the way. Subscribe. Right, right. Um, so most most people got into it either to sell stuff or to build their personal brand, or some people got into it just to entertain themselves and pass some time and it took off or something went viral or whatever. Um, but I mean, you built it up kind of the old fashioned way, right? Like it was one video after another, um, you know, providing some value, building the relationship with the viewer. And, you know, how, how, where are you now compared to where you were like a couple of years ago? Cause you've grown so quickly. Like what is, just give us like kind of a, a picture of your followership. In 2013, July, when I started doing weekly consistent content with Photoshop Thursdays, like I pretty much had zero subscribers. It was so small that might as well have been zero subscribers is maybe it was a hundred subscribers. I don't remember anymore. Right. But, um, since then 
I'm at over 65,000 subscribers now. Wow. And now I've been for several months now, maybe for most of this year now, I've been consistently growing 5,000 new net subscribers every month, which is nice. not – and most people – will not be able to do that and cannot do that. There's a reason that I was able to do that and it will not work for every type of channel or for everybody. But I do know that if I was going to go into entertainment game, if I was going to be an entertainment YouTuber, I know that I could probably do triple that. If I was going to start over from there, it would take time, but I know what strategies would work for that for very specific things that I would do in entertainment. If I was going to be a TV show reviewer and cover all the pop culture and geek stuff that I love, like Star Wars and things like that, I know for a fact that I could like do um, in that same time period, I probably could do a quarter of a million subscribers or more. Uh, I know people have done it. I'm friends with people who've done it. And I know that the, I know the strategies and tactics that would work for that, but that's not the value I wanted to create. That's not how I wanted to create awesome. I wanted to help people do things that might change their life. And when I started doing the Photoshop tutorial stuff, it was really from the earnest place of, you know, I struggled with this stuff. There were some people who helped me and there were other people who could have helped me who didn't. And I wanted to be, you know, the former. I wanted to help people learn the things that I was thankful enough that people taught me. And I also was watching my younger siblings struggle with student loan debt to learn things for their trades. And I was like, I want to offset at least this a little bit. Right. And that's a lot of where my focus of my channel has been is like, how can I help people be successful as a small business or an entrepreneur or as a freelancer or even just enjoy their creativity more and like get past the hump so they don't quit? How do I address all these things that were painful for me in my career and in my creative life for other people? So it really came from this empathy of wanting to solve a problem. And I think that the mistake that a lot of people make on YouTube is they don't think about what's in it for the audience. They're thinking about the fact that they want the 10,000 or 100,000 subscribers. They want these views. They want that vanity. They want the attention. They want the fame of being a big YouTuber. They want to go to VidCon. They want to be on stage with iJustine or PewDiePie or Tyler Oakley or whoever it is. And they're not thinking about the difference that the content they're doing makes for the person who's watching it and that this person has to spend that five or 10 minutes and give that time to them. Why should they? I've always thought about how do I respect someone's time and give them those value? Right. Right. And so now where does live streaming fit into the plan? Because, you know, Periscope came on board in March. Now Blab came on in April. It's starting to pick up some steam, but it's still basically an enthusiast platform for platforms for the most part how have you integrated that into um you know your your production of, of more recorded content how have you integrated the live content and how often do you scope or how often do you come on blab so i come on blab even if i'm not hosting almost every day to uh participate and to network because i think blab is a live stream platform is the most important networking platform in existence right now for business, for marketing and relationship building. And someone's going to say LinkedIn. And I'm going to say LinkedIn's a bloody Rolodex. It's really good at that. Right. I like LinkedIn, but it's a Rolodex and it's a publishing platform. It is not a networking platform. It is a publishing platform and is a Rolodex for connect, co uh, collecting and harvesting your networking relationships and then pushing content to those people that let, might let you deepen the relationship or get them to action on something. But it is not a networking platform. Networking is this, is this face-to-face -face right. interaction. It is this real-time interaction. LinkedIn might as well be email. 
So am I right when I say that that Blab is the most social of social platforms? It is. You are absolutely right. It absolutely is. Blab is the world's coffee shop. Right, right. Conversations happen organically here the way they do in real life. I could stumble into a new friendship, walking into a a coffee shop, overhearing a conversation, having the guts to chime in and give my two cents respectfully, and now build a friendship and a relationship or a business partnership out of that. I can do that in Blab. I can't do that in any other like social uh, platform for the most part. I can't sit there and rove into conversations organically face to face the way you can at a coffee shop or a conference when you're all, you know, in the meeting hall, you, you can't do that anywhere else. Or even on Twitter, right? Like on Twitter, you were the avatar with the hat and then you came over to Blab and all of a sudden you come alive and it's like, oh, wow, you know, I've been following that guy for a little while, but, you know, I, I, along with thousands of other people who flow through my stream that, you know, I don't look at as often as I, I really should. And then, you know, an hour on Blab and I've absorbed more from you, say, than I have from following 5,000 people for, for two years because it, it's so real. It's so immediate. It's it's like you said uh, with your YouTube videos, it's the same kind of concept as you, you're giving right value to your audience. And you can you can even take the pulse of the room, so to speak, in a way that you can't if you're scheduling tweets or you're you're just interacting with, you know, a couple of characters here and there. And you can also tell that like, I can tell you're not faking it. I can tell a lot of other people who I've seen on Blab who I may have followed on social media but not really had the time to delve into what they were doing. I can tell, okay, now I can pinpoint who that I'm following on Twitter or who that I'm following somewhere else is really worth my time and attention because I've seen them do their thing on Blab and now I know the value that they're bringing to their audience. Exactly. Blab and Google Hangouts on air, you can't fake the funk there. Whereas even arguably with Periscope, you could use bullet points and no one could see that off camera and things like that. And I have nothing against Periscope. I'm going to get into how that works in my strategy as well. Um, and I really like Periscope, but I'm going to leverage it more. I'm going to let you guys in on a secret that I'm going to use uh, for Periscope in a minute. But like the thing with uh, Blab that I like, and by the way, I'm using Twitter video to growth hack Twitter tremendously as you're familiar nice. with that i will actually sit there and i will respond to people with twitter videos and i will like do 10 of them back to back why are, why are so let me interrupt you why are so few people using that because i remember like when it first came out that week gary vaynerchuk was like responding to you know 100 200 people a day for a couple of days or whatever using twitter video and other than your message, I, I, I think I've gotten maybe two or three other messages from people who are, are, are pretty much into video. But the average user, even even heavy social media users, don't seem to be leveraging it at, at all. You, and that's where I'm going to win the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> so that's the secret. So, but, but, but part of that is the fact that I think that they are underestimating the value. And I think that's because... It becomes a one-to-one relationship, which to a, a social media marketer, you would think that that would make sense to what the value of a one-to-one relationship is. But they're all about scale. And in their mind, that is if I'm not broadcasting it to my entire 10,000 like Twitter subscribers, in my case, 7,000, you know, whatever, then what's the value of that? But what they're underestimating is that those people could still see it. And then they might want a video message uh, response as well. And that personalization and that shout out. So giving them that opportunity and then it's showing that you're genuine and that you will take up to 30 seconds out of your day for one person 
there's a human qualitative value that will make people respect you more and will keep people following your Twitter screen uh, regardless of what the content is if they know that you're a genuine person and there's a chance that you will go out of your way for them in that way at some point in your relationship. Then it's a matter of how do I get Ross or Roberto to give me a Twitter video message directly? What engagement level do I have to build in our relationship to get that from them? And for me, it's a, if it's the right day, it could be as simple as following me. If it's the right day and you get me in that moment on a Saturday or after I came off a blab or something like that, or if I'm in line at the bank or if I'm at a coffee shop and I see my Twitter stream, there's a chance that just following me is enough for me to say, hey, thank you. And I'll, I'll prove the point right now. Let's go ahead and let's find somebody in my Twitter stream <laughs> for me right now. And I, you've seen me do this on Blab before. Oh, I'm going to find someone right now. I'm going to leave them a Twitter video response. I'm going to make their day. And what I'm going to do, what I usually do is I look for my at mentions. I look for someone who's interacted with me right. and then I give them, um, you know, that value. Uh, so let's do with, uh, let's go with Brent Harris. Brent Harris was in my um, blab earlier for Create Awesome Live. And I'm also going to give him a follow uh, just so that we can interact more. And so I'm going to, hey, and at him and thanks for because the thing is i also write a, a, a message right for my hashtag blab see i'm also strategic about this earlier and then someone else will see that and you be like geez like maybe i should you know uh follow roberto on blab if he's going to interact like this with his followers right right so then i go to my twitter video thing and Hey, Brent, it's Roberto. Thank you so much for tuning into my blab earlier for Create Awesome Live. I really appreciate it. You also had a great question. I'm happy that I was able to answer that for you. So thanks so much. I hope you'll join us again next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I don't know what the topic's going to be yet, but I know it's going to be awesome. So again, thank you so much, Brent, for being a part of the Create Awesome community. And just remember, create something awesome today. And done and tweet. And that happened. And ladies and gentlemen, that is how you take your Twitter, uh, your Twitter engagement to the next level, right? Exactly. Because now Brent is going to like really be super engaged with what I'm doing because he knows that I'm not faking the funk. I'm creating that upfront value. And it was literally what, 30 seconds of my time, but it's 30 seconds that is going to let me go deeper on a relationship. And that shows everyone else in my Twitter stream and in Brent's because I used hey and then at his name. Uh, again, using a Gary V hack of never just do at because then they're the only one who sees it. And now everybody in my stream and in his stream knows that I'm willing to take 30 seconds out of my day to interact with somebody who's willing to give me their time. And so there's a value to that. And then also how, how good is it going to feel to Brent to know that I did that for him? Let's come back uh, to your to your plans for Periscope in just a minute. But I want to ask you about Facebook Live because Claire makes a great point that, you know, a lot of the people right now using Periscope are social media people. And here on Blab, it's largely social media, it's marketing people, it's solopreneurs, it's uh, it, it's people using it for business connections. Um, and they're talking about social media and marketing and Blab and personal branding, just like we are tonight, right? Um, with Facebook Live coming on and, and going into live streaming, do you see that now 
being a competitor or do you see it being like the same type of division as fa- and Facebook and Twitter in that it's sort of your your internal network or your inner circle that you'll be live streaming with behind maybe some privacy settings on Facebook and then you, you're you're doing your business live streaming, so to speak, on Periscope and Blab and that kind of thing? Or, or do you think Facebook might just take over the whole game? It's both, and Facebook will not take over the whole game, but Facebook will win for the average consumer because the average consumer is going to get live streaming wrong when it hits the mainstream and people are going to get fired over it. And I'm, I'm not kidding about that because uh, what's going to happen is in the same way that people are going to misuse uh, their Facebook live stream, the same way they misused Facebook with regard to not thinking about the context of how it affects their career with the things right. that they share and not differentiating their personal and professional life and showing behind the scenes stuff uh, without employers knowledge or showing live streaming stuff. Um, thinking that their privacy sayings are X, Y, and Z when they're taking a sick day from work and people are going to definitely screw that up. Now, it's also not just marketers in the other platforms and social media experts. It's also service providers and professionals. It's also brands and companies. So I think that people need to understand that they might need to go there because people that they might be interested in getting to in that way are there. People who could be their clients or their customers as a service provider might be that. So there's another you know part of that. The social interaction is there because then even the professionals and marketers that are here in Blab, they're not always talking their spill. Sometimes they're really just going a human way in that. Um, I've seen more designers come on Blab and start talking about design and talking right. about their profession. So other people who are professionals are using this to communicate with their colleagues and to have organic conversations and meet more people in the industry like them or create value or even just have conversations or even just gripe sessions about why this thing in our industry sucks. <laughs> and so, you know, um, like I go on my Fiverr rants and things like that, but like, you know, uh, there's just the, there's just that, that, that conversational element to it. Facebook live will not be blab in that way and it won't be periscope in that way because then the average person the value of their live conversation is going to be very different but that's not a bad thing for some people it's going to be awesome because i might want to see somebody decorating their house for christmas or new year's i might want to because i might want to do that as a family thing or i might want to see somebody's camping trip or i might want to see uh what the the beach that someone's traveled halfway across the world to get to looks like and facebook is more of that than Periscope or Blab or Meerkat might be, I would think. And there are more mainstream people than the professional for that. So in terms of for lifestyle stuff and for help and even for self-help and like coaching. And so I think that could be tremendous. I think the business applications are there. I'm going to take advantage of it, obviously. Um, I'm going to use it to grow my Facebook audience. And the thing is, I'm beginning to realize that I want to use Facebook differently because the relationship you have in Facebook, I don't consider it as a broadcast platform. I consider it as where you build a better interpersonal relationship and a closer knit network and not your biggest scaled network, like how I use YouTube as the archive, but then also my community of the people who are for essentially – my students, if you will, or even my apprentices or people who are learning from me in some capacity. That's why I feel like YouTube is, is it's the archive of these are the people who are at the quote unquote college of create awesome. Right. Right. Um, so I think that YouTube is that I think blab is, I want to have a face to face conversation with Roberto Blake, or I want to use Q and a sessions. I want to pick his brain. I think Periscope is my social media equivalent of me doing a Ted talk, but being able to do Q and a with the audience. 
And so I think Facebook live streaming for me is more of almost like vlogging will be because it's more that interpersonal creation, uh, sorry, interpersonal relationship and the narrative of my creative journey or my entrepreneurial journey, whatever the struggles or triumphs are. Facebook is about you living your life, in my opinion. So I think that that's the narrative there. I think that's how I'll utilize the platform is more for learning about me, but then also for inspiration to other people because they'll take it more personally and they'll put that time there. And people, Facebook is their hub of the internet a lot of cases. Facebook is what AOL used to be. Right. So that's how I would use the live streaming in my situation and my plan for it versus Blab versus YouTube versus Periscope. YouTube is pre-recorded curated content. Blab is conversations. Periscope is basically me giving a free speaking engagement. And uh, Facebook will be me as a human being. Right, right. And you're going to see people like uh, streaming birthday parties, you know, to the grandparents and sporting events, you know, kids softball game or whatever. Um, Which is a great thing. I think that's amazing. And I I think what's going to happen is, and this is the opposite of what I've, the gut reaction was, okay, all the other platforms are dead because Facebook's getting into it. But I actually think it's going to help grow the other platforms because people are going to discover it. They're going to have fun doing it or they're going to just become aware of it. And all of a sudden they're going to go, hey, maybe I, I could get on and do this for my business too. And maybe maybe Periscope. So I think I actually it's think Periscope point. and Blab will probably grow. And because they're, uh-huh. they're niche audiences, it's like some place that at channel 79, 799 on your cable box still gets still is able to, to sell advertising, right? Because there's a Boom. passionate niche about that. There's mm-hmm. they're actually gonna be brands that will take advantage of Blab more so in the future and more so on Periscope because they can go right at the 20 to 50 people who are gonna buy what they're selling, right? Whereas on Facebook, they don't know who they're going towards. Yeah, they can use dark posts and all that kind of stuff, but it's it's just it's so targeted. Like if I wanted to hit fifty people, I wanted to do business with, I could I could sponsor two things on Blab, and I know that I would hit fifty people who might actually be interested. Whereas on Facebook, even using the best algorithms, it's a, it's it's more of a roll of the dice, right? I mean, it's just too big. It's almost too big a pool to target. So, so there are three people who harp on context of platform a lot there are probably more but there are three people that i know about and that uh that harp on context of platform gary vaynerchuk is the most well-known person for harping on context of platform respect the platform and go native to the platform genius amy amy schmittower of savvy sexy social is another who you're familiar Mm -hmm. with and me because i say consistency creativity and context all the time and i harp on context of platform and context of audience even my own YouTube channel is a reflection of that because the context of Monday is different than Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm speaking to a different person. And I'm fully aware of it. And so when people beat me up a little bit over my numbers, well, what you have 65,000 subscribers. So why is it that your average video view is like five or 10,000? You must not be doing something right or something like that. I'm like, no, it's called, it's a YouTube channel. Right. Right. So get that right, Jack. It's like the guy watching Game of Thrones may or may not watch Monday Night Football. He may or may not watch Dancing with the Stars. You know, maybe his wife does. It's context of, you know, the conversation, the platform, the content. So, you know, there there's that situational awareness of why am I in Facebook 
right now or today or for this topic versus Blab versus Periscope versus YouTube. You know, so it's all of that. So, oh, Robert Stern. Thank you, man. Great to see you, Robert. Um, So if anybody wants to jump in, I'm going to open up a seat. Uh, Also, feel free to type your questions in the chat box. Uh, We we do love call-ins here. Um, You have a book, uh, an e-book on your website, robertoblake.com, called Seven Points of Personal Branding. And people should take a look at this because the way you've kind of set up your career is the way careers are going to be going more and more and more. There are going to be fewer people working in full-time staff jobs and more people trying to make a living on their own as consultants, as, as you know, solopreneurs, as, as uh, super temps and things like that. So to talk about a little bit about um, why you feel personal branding is so important. Hey, Robert. Hey. So oh, I got a good, don't worry. I got a good question for Roberto. Okay. okay. Looking forward to awesome. it. This is going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, I would say that the reason that personal brand is important is because at the end of the day, we do business with human beings. We don't do business with a resume. We don't necessarily do business with the portfolio, although I say your body of work is one of the most important things. I harp on this thing. I say, you know, personality portfolio, which is slash, you know, body of work, and then also purpose is what you're doing aligning to the purpose of what this person really wants and needs. Are you able to create that value? Do you have the right personality? You like, you might be really good at what you do, but if like working with you is a crucible, if it's an emotional punch in the face every single day, like I really kind of don't want to hire you because I'm a human being and I kind of don't want to be beat up emotionally. Like, Oh wow. You know, Susie is so amazing, but wow. Is she a chore to get through a meeting with? I don't want to do that. You know, I, I want to like the people I work with. I think every employer and every entrepreneur and every solopreneur wants to feel very good about the relationships they have with people. We're all human beings. So likability matters, the right personality, the right fit, the right culture for your brand and your company matters. So your personal brand puts someone in a position to qualify and vet that. And you're just a Google search away anyway. And why not control the narrative of what's out there about you right now? by making sure that you're doing it purposefully, making sure that when they look into you, that the things that would be advantageous for them and for you are made readily available, are made clear, and that that authenticity is there as a funnel and a filter for both of you to have the right relationship. So, you know, that's that's why I think is important there. Robert. Okay. So you have a blog, correct? Correct. How many subscribers? To the email list that goes through the blog because I started email marketing in late July on purpose. Mm -hmm. For context, I worked for a IT company uh, as a marketing manager. Growing your list is one of the most important things you can do and the most important things you can monetize. I know that the other social media metrics, the vanity metrics, don't matter disproportionately to that, which is your main counterpunch. Here's the problem with email marketing and email list. 95% of people are doing them wrong because they're not respecting the relationship they have with the people who have given up their privacy to opt into an email. I refused to do it until I felt confident that I had the right content, the right strategy, and the right relationship with my audience to know what they really wanted from me before asking them to make that commitment to me. And I had to be in a position to deliver on it or they were going to leave. The result of that is this. When I started in July with no real marketing for that list, organically up until last month of November, 
I had grown um, a little over 300 subscribers to that list organically with no real promotion other than just a link that they could opt into that I didn't even advertise much, not even in my YouTube channel. My audience almost never finds out about this email list. Here's what I did in November to change the game. I created a lead magnet strategy and I more than doubled the list in one month and uh, took the subscriber base average now. And even this month, it's proven to be consistent that it's probably going to end up capping out at about 500 new subscribers a month, which is also the average growth rate of larger existing lists, as you're both aware. So I know that the strategy works. and I know that I probably could have implemented it sooner, but I was more than happy to leave value on the table to respect my audience. So what are the top two things you got people in this room and watching on the replay that have a blog? How do they promote it to get people to subscribe to it? What I would say is one, you have to be. You're welcome, Ross. Thank you. <laughs> the first one I would say. And for those people listening to the audio version on the replay, the sound effects are, are Robert drinking coffee out of his blab coffee mug. Tea, tea, because I have tea. my sore throat. But I have to jump uh, off, but I'm going to be listening in. Right. But with great, the blab pointed great. at the camera, which is beautiful, the logo. And by the way, <laughs> thank you, Robert. Thanks great, so much for coming on. Appreciate great it. Great question, Robert. And we're going to talk again soon. I love you that. got it. Okay, bye. Bye. Feel better. So, yeah, to, to Robert's point, so if you're blogging, one of the most important things you can do, obviously, is to grow your email list. But remember to respect your audience in doing that and respect them by being consistent. However you're going to approach your content strategy, please be consistent. Be consistent in uh, frequency of content. Be consistency in the tonality of things. Um, you know, if you have a very serious personality, um, you know what, that's very hard to break away from if you've established that. But if you are doing something where you're more lighthearted or you're very, um, you know, if you're very personable, then people have that expectation. So make sure you're being consistent in delivering on those expectations from people. And if you're providing maximum value, you have to do that. I wanted to feel that I was in a position to create maximum value through the email list to those subscribers. And the result has been that out of the uh, going on like 800 people subscribed to the list, I've only had 13 people unsubscribe and I've emailed every single one of them to ask them why of the five people that replied back to that. Three of them told me that it was, they wanted to consolidate their uh, subscribed with a new email account and they wanted to um, consolidate all their email subscriptions. So that was interesting. And I don't know whether or not other people are doing that or not because they didn't reply back. But I actually did something I know people aren't doing, but I have a small enough list. It's okay to where I was able to email each of the people, the 13 that I've subscribed. And over the course of, I would say from July to now, that's probably a good rate of that's um, and the open rate is about 40% or so. So and where are you getting that metric from like MailChimp or MailChimp. Okay. okay. Yep. MailChimp's my platform. Aweber's also great. Uh, in, uh, Infusionsoft is great. Steve Dotto uses that a uh, friend of mine. Amy uses Aweber. Uh, use any email platform that you feel comfortable with. Uh, there were reasons that I went with MailChimp and we'll see if I continue that relationship. But uh, I had my reasons for that that were specific and uh, I also have a friend who's also using that platform, and I'm having him do a case study as another marketer, an outside perspective, kind of a third-party audit, if you will, to do the case studies on my email list and how the growth happens and what lead magnets work. So the second thing is you need to create lead magnets that have disproportionate value for your audience. My free ebook, 
the seven points of personal branding, the same system I use to build my career, build my strongest relationships and market like a human being. That's my giveaway. That's my free value that I'm offering, you know, to people. And it's a, it's a short enough ebook. It's about 13 pages. And the content though is very actionable and super consumable. And everybody who's like taking a look at, and you know, um, you can tell me in a minute, Ross, because I think you've taken a look at it as well. Like the, the value proposition of that is I'm telling you what I broke down as far as a philosophical system for how I approach my communication strategy, why I have when I talk about the fact that it's important to be known and that you have to be noticed and people have to know why they should care about you. So it's about creating that value. It's the same thing I'm talking about with this lead magnet. Why should I sign up to your email list? So, so what, you so you can spam me? No, so that I can create value for you. And here's the upfront proof of that. Here's this free thing that I could charge for that I'm going to give you that's going to empower you to do whatever we're talking about. And I'm working out a new system where I'm actually going to create a monthly incentive. I'm going to use the automation features in my email software, MailChimp, which you can do in almost any platform. And what I'm going to do starting next year is for every month that someone is subscribed to the email list, they're going to get an exclusive uh, free uh, piece of a resource from me, whether it's another mini guide like this or whether it's a video download. It's going to be something that they can only get by continuing to be part of this list. So there's an incentive to be in this for the long haul, give me those 12 months of creating value for you, not only through the free gift every month, but whatever else I'm sending out in terms of content. So it's the way for me to prove it and for me to create that value. And my audience doesn't even know that this is going to happen yet. So now, yeah, now for, your lead, for your lead magnet, your seven points of personal branding, um, are you using like a, a certain landing page or are you using lead pages or anything? Or, or are you just uh, embedding it into your website in a way that, that it downloads after, you know, person provides you with their information. After the confirmation and the thank you, after the confirmation for the email, they get a direct download link to that PDF and then they're able to get it that way. And so that's how uh, I handle that. There are other things I might do for the other stuff. I could use Gumroad, which is free. If I have a free product on there, I could use that. You could use eJunkie. You could use, um, you know, um, PayPal, but make it a $0 product. There is a lot of different ways that you can approach this. And my advice is for the email stuff, which I should talk more about email marketing. They, um, but you know, the main reason I'm not, even though I can, because I've done it professionally as a job for a company more than once. Um, I think that there's a resistance to the counterpunch of you only have this like mailing list, which like, yes, those numbers matter, but they also don't. It's like, yes, I have, I have this small of a mailing list with a 40% open rate. Um, so that, you know, I, it's one of those on a certain level, people expect a certain amount of social proof, which is why we use this marketer social media metrics right. to qualify our value. Because even if you are the person that is suited to talk about this or you have a qualifier in terms of the information is solid, the believability up front is very difficult because people are skeptics unless you have those numbers and that social proof. So that's why it does matter, even though I constantly harp on it doesn't matter. It matters if you're asking for a commitment from someone. If you're asking for a commitment from someone, then they want to qualify that in some way. And you can either use the overwhelming value of what you've done, i.e. your body of work, or you can use metrics like your social proof. I do both. Right. And then I also leverage my personality on top of it. Right. So 
persuasive speaking. And that's the value of video, right? Because somebody can tune in and see you talking about it directly. So it's no longer a matter of you saying you can do it. You're actually showing somebody how you do it on your videos. So there's no more like, can Robert do that with Photoshop or not? Here he is on a tutorial actually doing it, right? So there's no there's no doubt, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's it's the proof is in the pudding. And then there's also something you said for the confidence to speak live. And then also to um, primary example with Robert's question about the email list. Video gave me the opportunity to confidently qualify that leverage my personality, my tone, my mannerisms that I could handle that question. And like when she said email list, I was like, "Ah, I knew it because marketers, you know, this is kryptonite for them in some ways because um, there is the narrative of the email list, the email list, the email list right now. And uh, there are other marketers who disagree with that that I've talked to. And there's reasons because the, like I said, most people are not even companies and I'm consulting companies on this as we speak, by the way, they, uh, most companies are not using social media correctly, but they're not using online marketing and inbound marketing or direct marketing correctly either. And again, I'm not going to call them out or nothing, but I've worked at places that didn't do this thing right. And it was part of why I was so like, I'm not, I will leave money. I will leave value. I will leave everything on the table until I feel like I can crush that problem and not resemble them in any way, shape or form. It's like, you know, it's like the person who's like, you know, well, no, I'm not going to use that joke because that's a poor taste joke. But, um, but there's a, you know, so there's a, there's a point to in authenticity there is a mandate and a responsibility to create value or create awesome. There's a responsibility to your audience to do that. And so marketers sometimes, and even business people, disproportionately value ROI and value profitability at the expense of the relationship with the consumer and with the audience. And I fundamentally disagree with that. And I would, because the thing is, I feel like I'm going to win. It doesn't matter by how much. Right. Right, right. So as long as I'm in the black, as long as I'm in the green, cool. I don't care. I mean, I do, but I don't in the sense that I will rather take less upfront here to have a better relationship long term. And so I will take the uh, the abuse from the marketing community of the mailing list, knowing that in the long run, I will win because I will crush them on open rate when I get to the same 10,000 or 5,000 that someone else has. But with triple the open rate. I know that I'm winning. <laughs> right. And and vanity metrics don't put an extra dollar in your bank account anyway. So it's about the long-term value of the customer or the fan or however you want to define your, your conversion from what you from the content that you're providing. And I think we've we've traditionally looked at like sales and marketing is what did we do this quarter, right? But social media is a long game. It's a lifetime relationship that you start. To- I consider everything a long game. I consider right. everything a long game. I like Gary Vaynerchuk's analogy of most people in business or marketing are trying to seal the deal on the first date. And I'm like, <laughs> yep, that's exactly what's happening. That's exactly what's because like the, the reason that traditional business is skeptical of social media, they're skeptical of live streaming. They're like they, they accuse people who do blab like you and I of blabbing their business away. Because they feel like spending an hour to two hours on this platform versus 
working or cold calling is wrong. And I completely disagree because I think that one, it's an inbound marketing opportunity right. as well as a direct relationship networking opportunity. And I think that there's more value in being able to do that at scale and also listening. And the fact that you can then take this and repurpose the content either as a podcast or YouTube video that then has the opportunity to market for you 24 seven. I think that the hour investment or the two hour investment there is disproportionately better. And I still feel that you're still, you don't realize that that person who's doing that is probably not even doing that during their regular business hours. They're doing it during the time that they would otherwise right. be watching Scandal. Okay. So, the, you know, take that into context of this person is either not watching Scandal right now, not drinking a beer, not doing this thing and is doing Blab instead. And when it's time for them to do their client work, they're doing their client work. So all the social media people, all the marketing people that are in Blab or in Periscope or in these things, one, they're playing the long game of relationship building, which we know it's not what you know, it's who you know. The networking right. value is there. Building relationships at scale. We know that this works disproportionately better than cold calling. In the time that we've been on this blab, we couldn't have retained or had 55 people come in and out of like cold calling and create any real value, not to mention the long-term replay value of this, not to mention the podcast replay value, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. All of that, I tell people that they're losing probably as much as $50,000 a year in payroll to do cold calling when they could just do a fraction of that time in payroll for webinars and right, then get right. qualified leads. People who opted in, who want to be there, want the information, are there for, they're on the lot. They want to buy. This is a good lead. And you captured their email address. Right. So, And uh, you can record the webinar and better. play it again 50, 50 more times for potential customers, whereas that cold call, you then have to pick up the phone and call 50 more people and waste your time on 50 people who have no interest in what you're trying to sell, right? Exactly. If I'm going to do active, uh, if I'm going to do active marketing, I'd rather do it with something like this, where it's still a scalable platform and can be repurposed. I'd rather spend active time doing that than take a physical meeting where I'm losing you know, time unless I'm being paid for the meeting. Right. You know, it's okay, cool. Uh, I'd rather do that. I'd rather do a webinar, free or paid. I'd rather uh, do a broadcast as far as a, a Periscope. I'd rather do all and any of those things as far as active marketing in real time uh, because it is scalable than do the old school one-on-one -on -one stuff that isn't scalable because people are romantic about it and think that that's working hard. And I'd argue that it is working hard. It's not working smart because right. this is both. This right. is both. We got a good question here from indie artist AP, HP. Um, how would you use YouTube as a musician besides music videos and uploading songs? And I'm sure one of your answers will probably be to teach somebody how they can use YouTube as a musician, right? Or teach um, them about the tools for, for digital, you know, digital production or. Yes, but I would also say that there's an untapped opportunity in talking about the business of music mm -hmm. um, and what it's like to be an independent artist, how to get gigs. Um, and I believe that there's an opportunity in music mentorship that has not been explored and like even if i was gonna, if i was a musician and i was going to start a youtube channel and build a personal brand i would literally call myself the music mentor i would literally do that and i would do maybe um three to five days a week of content and i'd probably do something like this and i'm not a musician so i'm making this up as i go i would literally do it's like okay maybe i do mondays i'm going to actually show you what i'm doing with my musicianship and i'm going to do covers or i'm going to do original pieces and i'm going to do it and then i'm going to post that and put that up 
or maybe I'm going to put up videos from my concerts or live performances. I'm going to do that on Mondays. And then Tuesdays, I would probably do music instruction. And, um, you know, I would do that. Um, Wednesdays, uh, probably tools of the trade. Thursdays would be uh, the business of music. And then maybe Fridays are Q&A. And that's probably how I would do five days a week, Monday through Friday, whether it's YouTube or any other content platform. Um, and even if I did on YouTube, I would then possibly do a live version of like micro versions of that in live streaming platforms. And then the Q&A stuff I would do on Blab and then upload to YouTube possibly. So I would actually do that and then also take some of the stuff in Twitter, post the photos of my music stuff and all this in the same uh, kind of way in Instagram, possibly Facebook. And so these are how I would like across all the platforms. I know it was YouTube specific, but using YouTube as the like foundation of core because of archive in the second largest social network funnel up to the largest one repurpose all the videos for my blog on a music blog as the music mentor and then grow that email list and then get people to get my like free um my free video introducing them to the the business side of the music industry or something like that um where maybe for 30 minutes i like cover little things like licensing your music making money online with your music and it's just a teaser into why you want to be a subscriber of the mail list and the youtube channel and all the other stuff and so i would give that video probably as a free giveaway give maybe a, a royalty free license as another giveaway and lead magnet i would create multiple lead magnets so i'd probably create like I've got five days a week of content. I'd create lead magnets for each of them as far as qualifying a portion of my, a segment of my audience, put that on my blog, use the videos as main content for my blog, have two results in Google now because of the YouTube video and the blog post, grow the email list from both of those platforms plus social media. I just gave you a whole marketing strategy. Wow. That was good. You're welcome. That was great. So before we wrap up, tell us what's coming up for, for you on, on Periscope. Uh, so with Periscope, I'm going to try to move to five days a week or more of uh, Periscope live streams, but it's going to be very micro. There will be points where I try out uh, my talks for my speaking engagement topics in Periscope, mm -hmm. but I will go longer on those because I'm trying out you know longer term speaking engagement stuff on an audience and seeing how they react. So that's going to be great practice for me for my stage talks. Uh, I'm going to do a lot more Q&A in Periscope, and that's probably where the 10-minute shorts are going to come in. It's going to be Q&A on this thing, so that's going to be a lot. I'm going to use that, um, and so that's a lot of what's going on with Periscope. Overall, I want to do more consulting, so I want to do more of the video marketing consulting. I've had a couple of great clients with that, so I want to do that in marketing and business consulting more. Uh, my existing client base for that is good, but I want to go deeper there. So I'm launching a new version of my website that speaks to that. But also if you're in the audience and you have like questions like how Indie Artist HP and others have about like you were interested in your music business um, and marketing that Indie Artist, what I'm offering people is consulting. I'm offering them real strategy, just like I gave you like a five day a week content strategy across multiple platforms with also the context of why you use those platforms, how to build those lead magnets. I can offer that stuff. I also can do design work. So there's the opportunity to have the rare animal that is a designer who's a marketer who can say, I'm not going to make something pretty. I'm going to make something that looks interesting that also drives business and makes dollars and cents. Dollars and cents, get it? <laughs> 
So, you know, those are the things that are happening like in 2016. Um, you know, so I'm going to do more with Periscope because I love the platform. I want to grow there. I want to create value there. And I, again, 10 minutes of my day, really? I mean, I, I can give you 30 seconds in a Twitter video. I can give you 10 minutes in a Periscope, either the morning or afternoon or both. And like, you know, put that content out there and give you a reason to care about what I'm doing and see that I can cold read this stuff. I'm not using a script. Uh, my eyes aren't good enough for that anyway. And, you know, you can like get that value. Oh, excuse me. And you can also ask me questions. So in real time. So, you know, I'm going to do more with that. In Periscope, I'm also experimenting with the idea of showing people behind the scenes of me creating things myself, me creating awesome with Periscope. So I think Periscope sessions where I'm actually drawing because people don't realize that I actually have a background in illustration. That's where I started. I wanted to be an animator when I was a kid, uh, worked for Disney or Marvel. Um, and I have a whole YouTube video about why I gave up on that and became a designer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I did that. So I'm going to do more with um, showing people that behind the scenes stuff of, look, I'm not just talking about this stuff. And it's not just what's in my portfolio. You see me create something in real time. Watch me. Watch the process of the work. And, you know, if for no other reason, just to spend that time seeing what my thought process is and how I execute. Roberto, thank you so much. I know you're, you're very in demand now coming off your Forbes feature. And so I really appreciate you spending an hour uh, here on Livestream Stars. And um, check them out, robertoblake.com. Check out his YouTube channel. Get, get the seven points of personal branding. It's free on his website. It's, it's an awesome tool uh, as you try and build your personal brand for 2016. Right. Coming up. And you can get that by joining the Create Awesome Community newsletter at robertoblake.com slash newsletter. That will get you um, the access to the Create Awesome Community email newsletter list that I'm producing. And you will get, once you confirm, that free ebook as a direct download the seven points of personal branding, the same system I use to build my personal brand. YouTube.com, Roberto Blake 2 is the address for your YouTube channel. And subscribe, everyone. Uh, those listening can see Roberto's holding up a big, is that a, what is it, pillow or banner or yep, pillow with I subscribe? Nice. So uh, next week, we have Robert C. Stern, the social leader. Two weeks from today, we have Kristen Cardos to talk about community management. And we wrap up the year uh, on the last Monday of the year with Bonnie Frank to talk about building a business on Periscope. So we'll see you back here next week, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Livestream Stars. Have a great week, everyone. All right. Everybody take care. And remember, 